Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Sea Spire Cartoon Fan Podcast. This is episode 270, and today we'll be talking about Edge of Timorty, Rick Die, Rick Pete. I'm GC13. And I'm Sick David, because I'm sick. So please excuse my voice. Thank you. I suppose this is what we get for recording and posting a week after the episode's already out. Yeah, so we'll probably be covering these next four episodes as well as this episode for the season of Rick and Morty. It'll happen six days after every time, so, you know, you can hear everybody's initial reactions first, but we'll have the most mature sort of review and analysis and perspective on everything, obviously. Obviously. So are we going to go for initial impressions first? So coming back into season four, I think the thing that hit me the most was the fact that the writing, the jokes are still, for me, as good as they've ever been. I guess I was coming into season four wanting to see what that was going to be like because, you know, we've had another gap and sort of seasons four and five are part of this new extended writing process that Royland and Harmon have sort of been given. And so basically what we were presented with in this episode is kind of giving us a hint of what it's going to look like for two full seasons. So there was a lot writing on this and I think it went pretty well. What did you think? Well, you made me flash right there to the ending with Morty talking about, oh, hey, maybe we'll do some classic Rick and Morty stuff other times. We'll you know, just do whatever. I'm really hoping they don't follow through on that threat to have an episode where they do nothing, but it'll probably be like a Zim Eats Waffles <laughs> kind of situation, if anything. That would actually be a really cool episode now that I think about it. It's just Rick and Morty vegging out on the couch while some adventure happens in the household. Which, which they have no part of. That's a cool idea because I don't know if the record was ever broken, but the point of the Zim Eats Waffle episode was partially to make an episode that hit the record for the longest like static shot in a cartoon or something like that. Yeah, because it's literally just a shot of a monitor. Yeah, so having Rick and Morty compete on that would be cool, but also maybe nobody wants to touch that sacred ground. It's like, let Zim have its thing, you know? Ah. Uh. I mean, I guess technically, if you just wanted to have Rick and Morty do nothing, it could just be an interdimensional cable episode with no (laughs) B-plot. Yeah, well, you know, kind of like how they use the Meeseeks here, almost as a way to show you, yeah, the Meeseeks are funny, but there's not really anything else we need to do with them. So here, here they are one last time. I don't know how I feel about another interdimensional cable episode for this season, but as far as an episode where they just kind of mess around or do very little the actual new title sequence suggested something i hope that's real which is when rick untitled goose episode shoot a two-headed goose which i feel if there is an episode about of goose yes untitled goose episode yeah if it comes within this first five episode wave they can maybe ride the wave of goose memes still even though that might be waning at this point maybe they can still get some good good vibes from that it would be so perfectly timed they'll bring it back I mean, I don't know that that's actually an episode. They could have just worked that into the title sequence because of the goose memes, which is a lot easier than making an episode. Oh, yeah. Well, a lot of the title sequence stuff never becomes an episode between Jerry giving birth or Morty being trapped in a toy park. Yeah, all that. But a goose, the goose meme, I'm surprised (laughs) I didn't see people making memes out of that and relating it to the Untitled Goose game. Ah, it's beautiful. But overall, I thought the episode was okay. 
Like, I, I, I just don't think it catches the imagination the way season one did. But I mean, I've watched three seasons of this series so far, and I can't say this was a bad episode, not by a long shot. So I guess it's a win. I heard a lot of sort of lukewarm comments like that about this. For me, I felt like this demonstrated that they still have a lot of good sci-fi, high sci-fi concepts left in them. Like, I enjoyed the Death Crystal, and even more specifically, it's not that they can just come up with something that's clever sci-fi, but the way they actually tie it in to being a core part of the joke is also still really well done. Like, the Death Crystal being the thing that drives Morty to try to die with Jessica is hilarious, and the post-credit sequence that shows that Jessica ultimately is doing that because she's a, like, elderly care nurse or whatever is just the perfect payoff, but it ties in so well. So the fact that they can marry still four seasons on a really good sci-fi concept and a very funny core joke, to me, that works. And the B-plot with Rick bringing back the Phoenix, um, (laughs) the Phoenix Protocol was hilarious in the way that Rick and Morty proves like we don't care what our continuity is because I that's like the core the concept of how the multiverse works in the show I love how they absolutely abuse it to do anything they want so the show has both continuity that kind of limits what you can do but at the same time not really because the multiverse gives you the opportunity to never die if you're Rick now it's funny that you mentioned continuity because I was about to say Am I about to continuity hawk on Rick and Morty, a series that has made it very clear that they don't care about continuity at all? Yes. Yes, I am. This is completely not what Project Phoenix was. Project Phoenix was Rick rebirthing himself into a younger body, not having a backup just in case he dies. You're absolutely right. And it doesn't make any sense that, like he says, his dimension, like, Apparently, it got, without his knowledge, rerouted to another universe. But for every universe he died in, that one, that Rick also happened to have implemented a rerouting protocol to another universe. Because it's not just that you die as Rick, and some Ricks mm. has a, like, polling Phoenix protocol out there. Like, apparently, it would have to be routed to each one, at least what he described. Because he's like, I turned it off, but I guess it routed me here. But it doesn't matter because... Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's it's Rick and Morty. Things just happen because of cartoon, and that's all they really care about. Yeah, I mean, sometimes they do try to be a little more strict in what they actually explain, and because they kind of need to do that, because Rick is such a butthead about everything, and is so insulting that if he does do something that breaks logic, it usually has to feel logically sound. I don't know if they completely achieved that with this Phoenix thing or not. I mean... If I'm going to complain about an episode I generally liked, I want to complain about the ferrofluid, or as I really wish it had been officially called, the feral fluid, which makes more sense, I think. But Was it? I didn't... It's it's ferrofluid in the subtitles, but I think it sounds like feral fluid, and I think feral fluid would make a little bit more sense, because that stuff is wild, and I think that's a name that it deserves. I love how they just fit that into the third act, like the A and B plot culminated in this super weird what looked like it was guest animated abomination yeah, like you know that, in Jerry's that words stuff anime was cool. yeah i mean let's let's build an episode around that stuff well i love that the the hologram rick was honestly a good enough concept to take up even more of the episode and the fact that he even got a yeah. moment at the end 
where he becomes real and hypocrisizes himself. Those were all really solid jokes to me. I mean, I'm sure it was meant to be understood as, oh, you know, he's a hypocrite. You know, I'm pretty sure they were coming from a very political place there. Well, I don't know if Hologram Rick displays any politics. Obviously, the fact that Rick keeps entering the universes that are controlled by Nazis is a little more of a statement. Yeah, he wants to know when did that become the default. I don't know, I'll, if, if we're going to go on the Nazis for the moment, I, I did not like what I thought was a very unsubtle dig at the fans. You know, you have a little Nazi Morty demanding that, oh, hey, I want just classic Rick and Morty adventures. And it's like, okay, guys, yes, yes, we understand you hate your fans. Thank you. Thank you for working into an episode like a mature content creator. Yeah. Well, the funny thing about that to me is that when I watched the episode, I thought of that Nazi Morty, like, obviously him demanding old adventures, that connected to me as being, like, a fan demand, but I didn't link in my head that they were also calling the fans Nazis, so I don't know if it was intentional to be that way or if it's just, like, it's, you know, fascist Morty and he's also saying some of these things, because there's a little bit of that meta-commentary mixed in throughout the episode anyway, Mm. so... I don't know, but also, yeah, some Rick and Morty fans are, (laughs) you know, the classic basement dwellers, and maybe they're being insulting, so I don't know. Anyway, since I'm I'm still in complaining mode, before before I get myself out of complaining mode, I do want to, that fluid stuff, which was completely unexplored, I mean, it looks super cool, and it it did what it needed to for the episode, but it's like, yeah, 40 seconds of the episode devoted to Caterpillar Goldenfold being eaten alive by Wasp Rick's family. And I'm just thinking, maybe we use that time to explore, you know, more of something that was left unexplained, you know? Maybe? I mean, because the only use to that scene was, one, see, having our Rick experience another Rick who was actually cooperating better with his family. And also the yeah. joke of... Morty eating the little spawn that comes yeah. out of him. That was, a, that was a good joke. It's like how empathetic... It might have been a political statement, too. Again, how empathetic they are to fellow wasps. But, you know, just how completely callous they are to other obviously thinking, feeling creatures that are not wasps. Yeah, I mean, the political lines are blurry. To me, that one didn't speak as much of a political statement. But a- a- anything could be interpreted at this point. I mean, if, if we wanted to bring out our pipe of civil discourse... Good show, good show. But I do think that this episode is doing a lot of work to set up what the status quo is for Rick and Morty's relationship. And so again, like that scene sort of puts Rick in the mindset of having to be a little more cooperative or thinking more about Morty and also Morty being very sort of the the way that Rick says, did we learn a lesson at the end? And Morty's lesson <laughs> is sort of that he should think more in the moment, which I don't know if that was actually a lesson he ever needed from the rest of the series, because he's usually a short-term thinker anyway. But yeah, I, I do think that their cooperation at the end of the episode is interesting in the light that Morty mostly is the one in power for most of this episode. Like, against Hollow Rick, he is the more powerful one. Generally, his decisions, you know, well, they kill Rick, first of all, and set him off on his adventures. Yeah, I mean, seatbelts, Rick, seatbelts. And then only at the end does Rick overpower him. So I'm interested to see that interplay continue happening, because I'm expecting, you know, along with the whole evil Morty long-running plot, (laughs) that we're going to see Morty become even more independent, even more powerful, 
And, you know, he's obviously very capable of, when he's driven to do something, abusing Rick's garage to do what he wants. They, they did mention, even back in season one, how dangerous a cocky Morty was. Right, and our Morty, you know, it's crazy that as soon as it's not Rick's fault, even Beth is okay with Morty. It's just, in her words, as long as Morty's yeah. okay, she's fine. But like, no, what Morty did was crazy. He definitely murdered some people, and even though the news lady said that everything's back to the status quo, like, he actually killed people. But I guess that's a very... The afterlife does exist in, in Rick and Morty, so... <laughs> well, uh, we know that one warlord's afterlife does. Do we know? Yeah, well, okay, yeah. Maybe that afterlife doesn't apply to everybody. I mean, I guess the devil the devil exists. The devil also exists. <laughs> and he owns... Well, does he still exist? He got He got the crap beaten out of him, but I guess he's still around. Yeah, well, he wanted to die so he could go back to hell. So even if they did kill him, they just sent him back home. But yeah, that's uh, that's another thing they could have spent 40 seconds more on, like, elaborating on why they're okay with Morty, you know, all Morty had to do was own up to his mistakes, and, you know, say that, you know, I was actually going against Rick at that time, if I had just been listening to him, none of this would have happened. But they, they spent very little, very little time on that, where another 20 to 40 seconds could have done it. I do think, though, that they are prioritizing not having the characters, you know, whereas we've had... Our characters actually in a therapy session talking about their own rationalizations <laughs> for their actions. This episode was very quickly paced on going from one joke to the next. And I, I actually really like that. And so, you know, the fact that this round, they didn't spend a lot of time on those actions. I think some of it is left for the viewer to interpret. And we'll, you know, we'll see in the next few episodes. Well, we'll see when this episode, this podcast episode is released. Yeah. Everyone will find out that night how, how the adventures continue. But I'm expecting a lot of When this podcast episode goes live, we'll already, we'll already know what happened in the second episode. Oh, right. It actually comes out on Sunday. Yeah, these, these podcasts are going to be so timely. Everyone will get to see the new episode. And then you'll get to hear our reaction to last week's episode. It's like a little time capsule. Yeah, these are really evergreen episodes. You'll you'll want to come back and hear how GCU and Three and David were reacting to 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 Rick and Morty season four. You know, you're, you're not looking for those immediate reactions. You're you're looking for historical context. But anyway, I guess it's not that big a deal that Beth is being portrayed as a bit of a doormat again because, like, that is the show's status quo that. Beth and Jerry just let Rick walk all over them, so I guess it kind of spoils that if Morty spends too much time explaining why it's not Rick's fault. I didn't love at the end that Summer was also beat up on because I kind of miss yeah. the days of in season one where they were actually like she was integrated in that season and then just kind of got pulled back more. And I mean, for her character in that moment, it made sense for Rick and Morty to beat up on her because she was making fun of them. But the fact that immediately everyone was making that joke online and being like, yeah, Summer sucks. I'm like, no, Summer's a cool character. I hope she gets more in season four than just being the butt of a joke, which doesn't seem really like the right place for Summer's character to be in 2019 slash 2020. But you know. Maybe Rick and Morty can get canceled after its fifth season and then we can have five seasons of Rick and Summer. I mean, I really like their dynamic. If anything, it's kind of like a Morty and Summer that we need more of. Hmm. Morty and Summer, huh? I mean, she does have that bizarre relationship with them from the Morty's Mind Blowers episode, so... Yeah. Ooh, there's a, there's a plot thread that will never be picked up again. 
So that crate thing that Rick pulls out, that's like called a Boglins or something. The Boglin, yes, that is an actual real toy. I had one of those as a kid and I felt really called out (laughs) during that moment. And I can't believe that they pulled. It's so funny that toys that you forget about as a kid were actually mass produced products that apparently everyone had probably due to one televised ad or something. But I remember that (laughs) thing because it like stuck onto a table or surface or whatever and then vibrated and said weird phrases and i would have never thought of that again such a weird specific call out yeah i mean they got they got to get their references in there i don't know where it came from but i liked the kirkland brand me seeks box <laughs> i don't know why 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 make fun of kirkland specifically i mean wouldn't you want to go for a wouldn't you want to go for an off brand with a worse reputation yeah those types of jokes where they make a that that type of referential humor is definitely... Well, one, it's always hit or miss, because if you don't know the reference, then it's a miss. I understand the reference, I just don't understand Kirkland to be a bad brand. Like, Whoa, pick a, right. Pick a lousy brand. Then it's like, are you using the family guy type humor where you're just saying something specific and that's the joke, like, just because it's specific, but I don't know, I guess our Kirkland <laughs> me-seeks. It, it, many other people got it, so good good for them. Yeah, I mean, I get it. I just don't get why it's funny. <coughs> we're, we're, we're <laughs> I guess we're not funny, but uh, yeah, you know. we need to we need to end that before David dies. I I'm dying in a vat in the garage. <coughs> Let him out. Well, my last note is: I wonder if Morty is gonna uh, die in this season because the Death Crystal showed all of his death scenes. As far as I saw with my eyes, maybe I didn't look closely enough, but it looked like all of his death scenes were him as a kid, like at his current age. Hmm. Yeah, that is that is true. Like being a Morty is very dangerous work. Like that could be. I would I would actually give mad respect to them if they killed this Morty off in the season and he had and Rick had to clone him or something, uh, and they foreshadowed it in episode one. Oh, he does have that coupon for a free Morty. That's the thing, the whole like Morty swap theory, or even the fact that some, that theory that some episodes don't follow the same Rick and Morty, they could kill this Morty if they also reveal that. But yeah, I mean, yeah, it's kind of weird that we saw Morty dying a bunch, although I guess he always has a lot of times where it's likely that he could die and Rick always just helps him through. So maybe he will get to die with Jessica comforting him in the end. Who knows? I do like how frequently when Rick dies, it's not in some epic or cool way. It's just like he died this time because he wasn't wearing his seatbelt. And there's one time in the title sequence, he dies because he touches a device that he really should not have touched. And it's like, eh, whatever. Yeah, I love how that they strip Rick of his coolness in order. You know, it's very humbling to see him die those ways. I don't know, I just think that's the only way Rick can die. Just some something stupid and casual. It's very reflective of our reality. Ooh, yes, life is so fragile. It's a, it's a commentary on the nature of existence. That's what yes. it is. Let's, let's end on that deep, deep anecdote. Deep, deep thought. Anyway, guys, uh, join us next week. We'll be talking about, you already know the episode title for sure. Wikipedia says it's the old man in the seat. Until then, though, I'm GC13. And I'm David. Don't forget to leave us a like on YouTube or a review on Apple Podcasts. Later, everybody. Our opening and closing music is by Mark Soto. For more cartoon-related content, please visit LunarCeasefire.com. <laughs>